The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation, blogging the boys.com. We hope all is well wherever you are we hope you're happy safe healthy um i hope that you're happy safe and healthy but i trust that um you're pretty pissed off it is our official dallas cowboys post game show here at blogging the boys welcome of course to the post game we go live after every single dallas cowboys game which is a little bit less fun in times like this you can watch us live on the blog and the boys youtube channel the blog and the boys twitch channel or the blog and the boys facebook page you can of course catch the rewatch on any one of those platforms you can also listen on the blog and the boys podcast network make sure you subscribe there make sure you subscribe on our youtube channel leave a rating write a review those things help us out and of course visit blogandtheboys.com 24 7 365 for all of the latest and greatest in the world of the dallas cowboys but i know what you're thinking there is not going to be any greatest happening this week and that is because the dallas cowboys completely and totally threw up on themselves uh tripped all over themselves embarrassed themselves humiliated themselves i just realized that you can see my tea by the way if you are uh watching uh, on any one of those platforms have a hot tea because it's a late night we stayed up late this was an amazing weekend of sports actually we had the red river rivalry we had AM alabama don't want to talk about it we had the ds starting an mlb playoffs don't want to talk about the houston astros tonight but congratulations to those of you who support the texas rangers we had all sorts of nfl action we had a london game and then we had on sunday night the grand finale the opportunity that not just we have made up in our minds but that the dallas cowboys themselves have been begging for for what the Dallas Cowboys have been asking for the Dallas Cowboys have been telling us for weeks now about this game week five CD Lamb said Dallas Cowboys star wide receiver ahead of the Arizona Cardinals game which the Cowboys lost he said that the Cowboys could not be measured by their at the time 2-0 record that they were going to measure themselves by what they did in week five well get out the measuring tape you don't need too long of one because the Cowboys got destroyed by their daddy the San Francisco 49ers own the Dallas Cowboys. It pisses me off to admit it. All right. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I root for the Dallas Cowboys more than anything in this world. And the San Francisco 49ers, they own our favorite team. It hurts to admit. It's frustrating. It's sad. It's agitating. But it's objectively true. It's fact. It's data. It's evidence. There's nothing that you can say to dispute the claim that the Niners own the Cowboys. And sure, there's lots of historical portions of this rivalry this is not a rivalry this was not a rematch of any sort of thing to imply or to call it a rematch would imply that there is some sort of back and forth right to say it was a rematch would imply that there was some sort of involvement that the Cowboys have had in these games over the last two years this was not a rematch this was a replay it was literally just a replay of the dysfunction that we have seen from this team our team the Dallas Cowboys against this team in the San Francisco 49ers. And I tweeted this out during the game and I got a little bit of blowback for it and I wanted to contextualize it. The Dow- and I'm going to say this to you right here on our post game show. And I know what you're thinking because right now we're all in a pit of despair. I'm going to tell you right now, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a playoff team in all likelihood, all right? And that's not because the Cowboys are great. That's just a matter of circumstances, all right? But I understand if, even if you agree with me, if you're going to sit there and say, well, what is that? Like, what's it for? (laughs) Like, who who cares if you're a playoff team at the end of the day, if you're just going to run into teams like this when you get there, because you are proving that you cannot hang with them. Cool. You can be a playoff team. You can play in January. Maybe you can win an NFC East title. You can hang with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
great. That's awesome. But you cannot hang with the big, bad San Francisco 49ers. I don't care who their quarterback is. Kyle Shanahan completely and totally owns this team. Let's get to a few of your comments because I'm obviously worked up. I understand that you are as well. Brett says on the YouTube side of things, remember when the O-line was finally healthy and going to dominate? This was, of course, the first time that the Cowboys had their intended offensive line all together since drafting Tyler Smith a year and a half ago. Brian Rail, everybody follow Brian on TikTok at Talk Cowboys. Says, Preach it, brother. RJ, we got owned. We are owned. We didn't get owned. We were owned. The, the Niners maintained ownership of us. This isn't a new phenomenon. This is how it has always been as far as the Mike McCarthy era is concerned. And you all know that I am a believer and a supporter in Mike McCarthy. Although as big of a Mike McCarthy fan as I am and as big of a Dak Prescott fan as I am, and I have carried a lot of water and, and sang songs in their name, it is difficult to really come to bat for anybody on this team after what we saw on Sunday night in Santa Clara. Uh, Kurt says, wow, guys, this was a devastating game, even for those of us that know better than to get our hopes up, SMH. Um, let's see here. Uh, Al Plaque says, is Kellen Moore going to slap us around next week? I'm not ready to be hurting consecutive weeks. The Cowboys do, of course, visit Kellen Moore's Los Angeles Chargers a week from tomorrow on Monday Night Football right before their bye week. Uh, Charles on the Book of Faces says, the Niners showed us who we are, pretenders to the throne, what needs to change. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, and I don't, I'm not trying to explain this away. I'm not trying to cope. I'm not trying to do any of that. There is not as much shame as it sounds like in being a really good team that is just owned by the best team in the NFL. Because from look, this isn't this isn't to let the Cowboys off the hook, but this this Niners team is winning the Super Bowl. I, I mean, who's beating them? Like maybe Patrick Mahomes has a, a God mode game. You know, maybe Josh Allen, if they get there, has a similar kind of outing. Obviously, Joe Burrow can get hot. I mean, if we're talking about AFC teams, but man alive, the Niners just look like the most unstoppable force of football operation on this planet right now. Adam says 35 points in three games. Niners outscored us tonight alone. Uh, Senor Ray says what makes it works is I bought $300, uh, over $300 in Cowboys gear this past week. Hashtag I save receipts. Uh, 105 Entertainment says just embarrassing. Bake 2, Baka 2, I think, excuse me, says Shanahan owns McCarthy. We have the talent, just no game plan and no discipline. I don't know that you can jump to, and I'm not trying to attack anyone. We're all here together. We're all equally pissed off. You can't just say it's the coaching. You can't just say it's the quarterback. They were certainly at fault. They lead my stock down tonight. We're going to obviously get through my stock report. The stock down Dak Prescott, stock down Mike McCarthy. But it can't just be the two of them. It can't. It's more than that. At this point, when you're getting destroyed 42 to 10, it is more than your head coach and your quarterback being a problem. It is a systemic issue when a team has a 100% level of ownership over you the way the Niners do the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Adrian says, Dak's afraid to throw the ball down the middle of the field. I would disagree with that, and I would push back against that. What I would say, we talked about this in the lead-up to this game, had a great interview with my buddy Rob Stats Guerrero here on the blog on the boys' YouTube channel. Hopefully all of you subscribed and saw that. Stats was actually at this game. Stats, I love you. Hope you had a great time. Um, this Niners defense, that's, what's so, that's what really pisses me off about this. This Niners defense so far this season has not been – uh, the freak show that it's been in the past, you know, as far as recent memory is concerned, they have been gettable. They, you, you can have success against the 49ers. At least that's what this young season has taught us before Sunday night. And the Cowboys played so scared. They played right into that. They played like the Niners owned them. There was no level of passion or aggression or anything that we saw. It was a timid effort from the Cowboys. And that was really evident right from the jump. Um, let's see. Joe says Dan Quinn sucked. No changes in the second half. Look, Joe, um, I've offered this uh, opinion before that Dan Quinn isn't the greatest coach of all time and Cowboys fans will push back against that. So be very careful. Doxon seven. I agree with you says playoff team till they hit that nine or wall. Uh, Tony on the book of faces says McCarthy and Prescott can go. If you can't compete in the big games, you shouldn't be there. Period. This isn't a big game to be clear. However, however, not to, you know, just be jumping all over the place. This tea, I don't know if it has caffeine, actually. It's called Magic Mint, and it is delicious. But this is not a big game, right? Like, normally, we would not be freaking out over losing, even in 42-10 to 10 fashion, on October 8th, right? Because it's October 8th. However, what is so troubling and what is so maddening is the Cowboys themselves came out and they made the mountain out of this molehill. They told us that this was not a regular season game. They told us that this was effectively a pseudo sort of playoff game. So they set the challenge up themselves. It wasn't the media machine. It wasn't the fan base. It wasn't anybody like that. It was the Cowboys players themselves. And I don't even fault them for that, to be honest with you, because when a team has a one-way level of ownership over you, I understand wanting to prove them wrong. I mentioned don't ask me 
talking about my Houston Astros fandom tonight, but as an Astros fan, we own the Yankees, right? And so last year when we met them in the ALCS, all these Yankees fans were like, we want Houston. All right. Good job. How'd that go? And that's how this probably felt to the Niners, right? When the Cowboys all week long were like, this is a big game, whatever. The Niners are probably like, sure, for you it is. It's not for us because we cruise through opportunities like this. The Cowboys do not. Very, very, very frustrating. Let's keep going through your comments. Julian, thank you for the super chat. Says this team ain't built to play from behind. Hashtag humbled. It's probably a little bit too early to say that, but there's a lot of fair truth to the idea of that. I think that that is, I'm not ready to completely agree with you yet, but the foundation is there for that idea. We're only five games into the season still, but we have not seen them do that to your point. Uh, Spencer on YouTube says, RJ, I think it's time to start questioning coaching and quarterback. No more excuses. I'm a huge Dak fan, but he's lost his touch. This was a bad game for Dak Prescott. And I, I maintain a high level of leadership or, or belief in Dak Prescott, excuse me, but at a certain point, that there's a great line, and I'm going to steal it from the great Bob Sturm. Everybody read Bob's work in his Sturm stack. Go support his sub stack. Obviously, everybody knows him on the ticket. Uh, Sturm is the great friend of Blog and the Boys, great friend of mine. Um, Bob has a line that I love uh, when he talks about quarterback play. Quarterbacks either, and I'm butchering it entirely, but quarterbacks either have to be the thermometer or the thermostat, right? And sometimes Brock Purdy is the thermometer, right? He just kind of reads and tells you and is a display for what the overall talent in the Niners offense is. But Brock Purdy and others, obviously, are very oftentimes the thermostat, the person, the quarterback who sets the temperature. And it is unfair to put a, a different level of pressure on any quarterback because it, football is a team sport, but it is a sport where the quarterback touches the ball every single play. And Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, heavy as the head. We talk about this all the time. And I don't buy into the notion that Dak Prescott doesn't show up in the big games. You saw him have one of the games of his life in the playoffs last year against Tampa Bay. But Dak, you have to be a thermostat in this game. You have to. You absolutely have to be a thermostat. People will call it a three-interception game, and I don't think that that's completely genuine or reflective of what we saw. But it was a piss-poor game from Dak Prescott, really poor game from a lot of people involved. Um, just a, a tough, tough, tough pill to swallow. A football critic on YouTube says, Rodgers is our daddy. The Niners are our stepdad. What's interesting is the Niners kind of own Mike McCarthy like two times over because the Niners also owned the Packers uh, when he had Aaron Rodgers as his teammate or as his quarterback, which is just really, really tough. Mark says, uh, stock down, entire team, played scared straight up. Agree with you, Mark. Anthony, thank you for the super chat. Says, we're three and two. We'll probably make the playoffs, but that just kind of killed the season for me. We are a Super Bowl roster that does this over and over. Saw a tweet from Jeff Cavanaugh, friend of Blogging the Boys from 97 won the Freak, and I agree with him. And sometimes I think it's silly to do this about teams, right? And people do this with the Cowboys all the time. They'll say, well, I won't be impressed or I won't believe until they win the Super Bowl, right? Like they put out this really difficult thing that is difficult to achieve. And so in my estimation, I'm not the smartest person in the world. Sometimes that's a little bit unfair. But I do think it's fair at this point to say, man, like, okay, so we're, we're going to get jacked up because you beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football next week, right? Like, we're, we're going to talk ourselves into it because you get to four and two. Okay, cool. We're going to get real pumped up when you go to Philadelphia and win, right? Like, we've seen that happen before. We're, we're going to get super hyped up when, when you beat Washington on Thanksgiving in Seattle seven days later on Thursday Night Football. Those things will be cool, and we will enjoy them, to be very clear. This is a, a game, and this is a sport, and we are fans, and we're fanatical about it. And we should enjoy those things. But I think what is so disappointing about this, and I don't want to speak for you, Anthony, in your super chat, but this just kind of feels like like this proves. I mean, maybe there was a lot of proof already, obviously, but this beyond a shadow of a doubt proves that there is this glass ceiling on this team. And until you break through it, and that is a, a really unfair benchmark to put out. But at this point, you've kind of put yourself in that spot, Cowboys, until you beat the big bad 49ers in the playoffs, it's hard to believe in you. I mean, I'm just going to you know be straight up about it. Cool, you beat the Bucs in an impressive fashion last year. And there are all sorts of metrics that support that you are an amazing team. We can get down in the weeds about EPA per play and DVOA, and these things are really valuable tools. But you went and beat a sub-500 team, and while you did it on the road and you beat Tom Brady for the first time ever, you still lost to daddy. You still cannot hang with the 49ers. And until you can, it's going to be really, really difficult to believe in you. And maybe the Cowboys get lucky and somebody does their dirty work for them and beats the Niners in the divisional round and they don't have to play them or whatever the case may be. But until they do something like this, I think I speak for all of us and I certainly don't ever want to do that. But I do think that I speak for us all in saying we will have a very hard time truly and totally trusting them because every time we give them a chance, they go just and completely ruin it. I mean, that's really the way um, this all kind of uh, falls. Hourglass 420. Uh, sorry, I thought I clicked on this. Says, Is it time to rebuild? No. Um, because they are a good team, but they're just not the best team. And that's a frustrating thing. And that's not, again, to cope. 
um, it's time to have some hard conversations. And you can't look. I mean, it's October eighth, right? Like, what do you want them to do before the Chargers game next week? But they they simply cannot continue to have no answers against this particular team. Keith, I disagree with, but still, Keith says on Facebook, hate to say it, but I don't think we're making the payoff uh, the playoffs. Devin says, pain, 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 pain everywhere. Uh, I disagree with Brian in saying Brock Purdy is obviously a much better quarterback than Dak Prescott. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't want to take away from Brock at all, but Kyle Shanahan just makes it so easy for him. And again, that's not Brock's problem. Uh, he does a great job of executing, but Kyle Shanahan, th- thats I would change your point to say Kyle Shanahan is so much better than Mike McCarthy. Uh, and then Dan Quinn, again, I'm not saying like this is Dan Quinn's fault, but like there needs to be some heat for Dan Quinn after and the 42 points is not, again, reflective of the total outing either. And and while Dan Quinn's defense did offer some some stops early on and gave the Cowboys offense some chances, they still in an ultimate and overall sense got worked. Uh, Watsamata on YouTube says looking for a bottom line here. I think it's coaching. They are not 32 points more talented than us. I agree with that. And the score isn't, again, I've used the word properly or the, the phrase properly reflective reflective several times. Um, the score kind of got away from them. I do think that they're double-digit point favorites or double-digit points better than the Cowboys. I don't think that that's up for debate right now. Uh, and they're probably double-digit points better than most teams in the NFL. They are that good. And so, again, on one hand, there's no real shame in losing to the most well-coached team in the NFL but when they are the team that has beaten you year after year, it, it just is a little bit more annoying, which is why we're obviously feeling the way that we are. Uh, Frank says, Mike McCarthy showed no emotion while we got our you-know-what's kick family show around here, Frank. So, you know, some sometimes parents listen in the car. we got to be cool around here on my end. I just understand your point, though. Time to fire him. It's not time to fire Mike McCarthy. He and his were outcoached by the Niners coaches. This is a, an important year for Mike McCarthy. I've made I mentioned this several times. Only one coach uh, since Jimmy Johnson has made it at least five seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. This is the fourth season for Mike McCarthy, and that one coach uh, was on your TV earlier tonight in Jason Garrett. Uh, let's see here. Lack skill says, didn't the Eagles beat the 49ers last year? I don't mean to invite all the Eagles fans into our chat and make things toxic, but the Eagles beat the Christian McCaffrey quarterback 49ers. Um, so let's relax before we act like they, you know, went shot for shot with them. Uh, let's see here. Um Matt R says, Arch of the Cowboys not making the playoffs, not with the schedule. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's move on. Um, There's tough comment section tonight, if that isn't obvious. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, trying to find um, uh, Keith. Keith on Facebook says, trying to figure out what Dak is doing that Rush can't do. Keith, take a breath, Keith. Um, Let's see. Uh, Larry says, had enough of this BS from McCarthy and Quinn. This is an average football team. Not an average team. They're still better than average. But again, they're, they, can't, they can't show up in the biggest challenges. And that is a legitimate problem. Watsamata offers stock down Dan Quinn as well. Uh, I don't have Dan Quinn as a stock down. It was kind of difficult. Uh, but let's go. Actually, I missed a super chat. Let me come back here. Uh, Iggy uh, Siaplinski. Hope I'm getting that right, Iggy. Thank you for the super chat. Says, how can they have a Pro Bowl roster after Pro Bowl roster? year after year and still can't win high profile games that's a good question i mean (laughs) it's a it's a really good question and i mean if if i asked you what you know what losses you were most frustrated by it would probably you know of your top five answers i would say that three of them are probably against this team and what's frustrating about that specific truth is that the Cowboys have, ever since losing two years ago to the Niners in the wild card round at AT&T Stadium, the Cowboys have tried to build themselves um, in an image to be able to go toe-to-toe with this team. And they can't, no matter what they do, no matter what they change, no matter what new players they offer, no matter how talented they become, they cannot beat this team. Andrew says, I love you, RJ. I love you too, Andrew. Uh, But this formula isn't working anymore. We are over the hill on offense and the secondary is not good enough. I mean, to be fair, the secondary is missing its best player in Trayvon Diggs. But yeah, I mean, tonight was a bad night uh, for a lot of people. I mean, it was not really a good night for anybody. I do have two stock ups that I'll get through very quickly just to hand them out. Uh, Stock up Kevontae Turpin. Uh, really pretty touchdown. Hope he's all right. I have not seen an injury update from him. If anybody has, please let us know in the comment section. But uh, nothing from Kevontae Turpin that I have seen so far, but we are live immediately after the game. And stock up Jonathan Hankins. I thought Hankins had a great game, had two really great moments. Um, So, yeah, those are kind of the stock ups. But let's get to the stock downs. Mike McCarthy leads the way for me, my number one. And 
I do think it's silly. I wouldn't say unfair. I think it's silly sometimes to make a big deal about one game, right? I think that's a generally silly thing that happens all too often in the NFL, not just with the Dallas Cowboys. However, however, the Dallas Cowboys told us that this was not just one game, right? They, they told us that. That Again, I, I don't mean to relitigate what I said, but they told us that this was a kind of playoff game. They told us that they wanted to prove themselves. They told us that we would know who they were after week five. Well, it is after week five, and you have really shown us who you are. You can you can blow out the bad teams. Kudos to you. The New Orleans Saints, shout out to my friend Bobby who loves them. All right, the New Orleans Saints blew out the Patriots in the same way you did, all right? You can take care of the crappy teams. Great. That's awesome. All right, empty calories as far as we are concerned. So this was not a normal game. That's the important point here. Anthony, think of the super chat. Do you want to get to it? It says Cowboys still top three in the NFL. The Niners equal the boogeyman. I don't think I can put them in the top three, but that being said, back to Mike McCarthy, Mike, you were supposed to be the difference, right? Like, and that's a lot to put on somebody, right? But Mike put it on himself and I give him a lot of credit for that. Cause a lot of, a lot of coaches shy away from the responsibilities that come with the pressures of the positions they hold. And so while I give him a lot of credit, ultimately you have to you have to do your job, right? Like ultimately the results have to come along. And so Mike, you cannot get worked like this. All right. Like I, I think if, if the Cowboys had, I, and this is really sad to say, but if the Cowboys had, had shown some fight, shown some pluck, shown some moxie, you know what I mean? I think we would have sat here and we would have been a little bit more forgiving. We would have said, as my dog gets comfortable on the couch or in the office, we would have said, you know what? They're just, they're really good. And you showed us a lot. Moral victory. We're that desperate, all right, that we would have probably done that. Um, but uh, by the way, uh, my good friend Mikey says I ignored his super chat. My bad. Uh, Mikey, I'm looking for it. I uh, found it. Mikey says I get the DAC defense, but please roast him for me. We'll get to Mikey in a minute, Mikey. Thank you for the super chat. Congratulations to Arsenal getting the win over Manchester City. Um, so, um, you have to be different, Mike. I mean, that that's what this comes down to. And I hate saying things like that because they're silly and they're unfair. And it's dumb, I think, to make a, a big point out of one tiny little thing. Um, but you have to be different. You took over play calling. You have your fingerprints all over this. And the fingerprints aren't showing us any kind of savior. They're showing us a culprit. They're showing somebody who is guilty. You cannot get worked by the same team for the third year in a row and you got worked even worse man like that's the frustrating thing like i wouldn't say that you know the the two losses to san francisco in each of the last two playoffs were good or great performances but you got blown out and more than that you got worked you quit i mean at the, like that is so disappointing for the very end of this game for the cowboys to have punted and just really kind of folded and been so willing to get out of dodge and get on the plane and kind of hide from this you know egg that they dropped this goose egg i mean this was really 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 embarrassing and the buck obviously starts and stops with mike mccarthy uh by the way hookem 247 says uh um, kittle just scored again tough weekend for you on saturday hookem 247 uh really tough weekend all around unless you do root for the uh, the texas rangers um yeah stock down mike mccarthy just a really 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 tough time brian does know thank you for the super chat brian texas sports had a really bad weekend yeah really tough football weekend for the the lone star state so stock down mike mccarthy i mentioned it stock down Dak prescott now, the box score is going to get, you know, talked about a lot. You're going to see statistics on national shows and things like that. And um, that's the door the Cowboys open for themselves. Dak finished this game 14 of 24, 153 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions, sacked three times. I'm willing to give him um, grace. I'm willing to give everyone grace, but I'm willing to give him grace for the second interception, the Michael Gallup tip ball. That one's not on Dak Prescott. The first one. I don't know what you're doing, Dak. The third one was horrendous. I mean, the third one was just completely and totally gross. The first one was this true. The first one was frustrating because it was this kind of YOLO ball. It's like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you just that? That's we, we sat here after week one and we laughed. All of us. We laughed at Josh Allen and how he played on Monday Night Football against the Jets in that season opening Monday night game. We said, oh, that's so gross. Blah, 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 blah. That was a YOLO ball from Dak Prescott that had no chance. And I know the game was kind of away from them, but still that was ugly, ugly, ugly. The third interception, again, the second one I'm willing to put on Michael Gallup, uh, who's a stock down for me. In fact, we might as well do it. Michael Gallup, if you're responsible for an interception, you know, that's a general rule of mine around here. I'm going to stock down. So sorry, Michael Gallup. But, you know, it's nice to see you playing well here. Uh, anyway, overall, Michael Gallup. But the third interception was just gross. And again, 
you have to be you have to be better, right? Like, and again, you could talk about that's unfair. You could talk about that's not realistic. You could talk about how, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it has to be the case. It has to, you, you have, there's some, somebody has to be, somebody has to be, we have to be able to call on somebody to be the hero. And Dak Prescott was not on Sunday night. And that is a really frustrating thing. The sack he took at the end of the first half was really frustrating. You cannot take a sack there. And I didn't say this about Michael McCarthy when we were giving him his stock down, but I have no idea why the Cowboys didn't go for that fourth down, that fourth and two. They punted. Now, granted, they did get the ball back uh, in the first half with about a minute left. Dak, you cannot take a sack there, dude. You can't let the clock run out. Points are so precious. That was such bad kind of football awareness of Dak Prescott, who's now in his eighth season. That cannot happen. Just a really, really, really poor night from Dak Prescott. Uh, Bree Bree Nick says, I'm a Dak fan till the end, but we might be there if he doesn't figure out his glitch. Um, just a tough, tough, tough night for Dak Prescott. Uh, you know, again, my belief in Dak Prescott is still very high. I recognize that there, those, that's not a popular thing to say right now, uh, but a really, really, really gross game from him. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky, number one fan, our good friend Jim Jim here. Uh, Eagles fan Jim Jim, thank you for the super chat. Says Jim Jim has no words of wisdom today. Rough one, but I love you, RJ. I love you, Jim Jim. Says keep up the content. Maybe Philly can take San Francisco out for you in the playoffs so we can play. Uh, Jim Jim, if the Eagles took out the Niners, um, I would love for the chance for the Cowboys to play the Eagles because I'm not afraid of the Eagles on behalf of the Cowboys. Um, but um, it, just to be very clear, in any opportunity where it was the Niners against the Eagles, even though the Niners own the Cowboys, I would still root for San Francisco. Uh, Dan Kelly, think of the Super Chat, says, can you talk about the penalties on third down that were killer? It's really just tough night for the Cowboys. And, and we talk about discipline. Um, we've talked about that before. It's kind of been a principle of Mike McCarthy. Uh, penalties, the Cowboys finished with six, uh, both teams finished with six actually for 60 yards, um, and just kind of kept things alive and really kind of kept giving San Francisco life. And not that this wound up as a close game, um, but you can't do that. You can't do that in general. You certainly can't do that against good teams. And thank you, Dan, for setting me up for a segue. Um, my next knockdown, J. Ron Curse, I'm looking for right now. Uh, J. Ron Curse, uh, where is it? Uh, here we go. Stock down J. Ron Curse. J. Ron has had a bit of a tough season so far uh, on the field, not been his usual stellar self. But, dude, what are you taunting for? What I mean, if there is a team that the Cowboys do not have a, a right to taunt, it's the 49ers. And I recognize that J. Ron's taunting penalty was ultimately declined because of the other penalty. I still don't know what Donovan Wilson's supposed to do in that moment, but that's neither here nor there. J. Ron, dude, like, again, we can we can complain, right, about, you know, penalties like, oh, what's he supposed to do, pass interference, or we can say, you know, this, that, whatever, blah, blah. Um, we, we can talk about subjective penalties and how they're not fair. But what are you doing committing things like taunting those those are such those are 100% controllable things that you are doing that are hurting your team even if in this specific case it literally did not because the penalty was declined uh Jeremy says curse lined up in the offensive line tonight he was so far offsides um Cal says as a Clemson Cowboys fan it kills me to say this but curse set the tone lol yeah i mean uh, hourglass 420 brings up the offsides really J-Ron J hurt the Cowboys tonight. And and it, look, J-Ron's earned a lot of benefit of the doubt in his time with the Cowboys. But this was a, what are you doing, dude? Like, what 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 are these things? Like, again, if J-Ron cursed, had, like, I always thought that people were too hard. And again, I recognize we're all mad, so this is not going to help things as far as your opinion of me. I always thought people made too big of a deal of the Anthony Brown Thanksgiving, gate, uh, Thanksgiving Day game against the Raiders two years ago, right? Because he got called for all the pass interference things. Like we can kind of debate pass interference. Right? Like we, we can debate whether something is or is not pass interference. You can't debate offsides. You can't debate taunting. Those things simply cannot happen, especially from one of your team leaders, which Jaron Curse is. Words of wisdom. Think of the super chat says, guess, uh, guess that Trey Lance Intel didn't help. LOL. Uh, that was a tough, 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 tough narrative to come out of this week. I've used the word tough uh, a lot tonight. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, because it's a family show. Uh, Cryptum says, uh, at least J-Ron looked like he cared out there. I don't consider taunting to, to be looking like you care. I mean, I, I don't I don't consider that at all. I mean, that's hurting your team, um, really, in an overall sense. By the way, um, Fred Warner, um, no, I, just, I, thought I, I thought this was a comment, but it wasn't. I thought it was him uh, taking a shot at the Cowboys, but it wasn't. Oh, uh, man, uh, sad. Uh, anyway, let's move on. So J-Ron Kerr stocked down for me. Stock down Tony Pollard as I take a sip of this tea. So let's hear your thoughts on Tony Pollard because I'm sure there are a lot. To be clear, it was pretty easy to have a stock down tonight, right? Like the the umbrella or the 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 net was cast pretty wide, right? Like we brought in a lot of fish for the stock down here. And Tony Pollard, the fumble, what are you doing? Now, here's the thing. On the fumble, I'm not excusing the Pollard fumble whatsoever. You cannot fumble ever right and i say all the time you turn the ball over you're going to wind up on the stock down list what i find amazing about the fumble is that no 49ers player who was out of bounds touched the ball it, what i thought about in the moment was um you all know in in uh, in space jam when bugs puts the magnet uh, underneath the putting green and he moves the ball around it really felt like that like it, it was just amazing it was it was honestly hilarious how um how that ball avoided every niners player who had a hand out of bounds but that again is not the important point Pollard, really disappointing night um, when, when the Cowboys really needed to kind of have a tone setter. Eight carries, 29 yards, super pedestrian night, and 10 of those yards came on one carry. So you're talking about 19 yards on seven other carries and, again, had the fumble. Really pedestrian night from the Cowboys. Uh, Damone, I think it's maybe it's Damon, excuse me, Damon, says Pollard is one-dimensional. Time to let him walk at the end of the year. To be fair, the Cowboys were always going to let Tony Pollard walk at the end of the year. That's just kind of the way it went. Adam Blank uh, says we need um, we need to give Dowdle more touches. Um, I saw a tweet, and forgive me for whoever it was, uh, but I saw this tweet at halftime. Might have been from Vok Lombardi, the great. Everybody should subscribe to Vok on YouTube. Um, might have been like I would – again, it might have been Vok, might have been somebody else, but the tweet was something like, I would like to see more Daddle in the second half. And look, I love Rico Daddle. Oops, excuse me. I hit the microphone. I love Rico Daddle. We should not be wanting to see Rico Daddle, right? Like, again, all due respect to Rico Daddle, but we should not be in a position where we're like, you know what this game could use? <laughs> Some more Rico Dowdle, some less Tony Pollard. That should not be the case. We should never, ever, ever, ever feel that way. It was a really mortal night from Tony Pollard, um, and that just could not happen. The Cowboys could not afford for that to be the case. Uh, Ninja says uh, Deuce Fawn is a nice story, but he ain't. Whoa, uh, family show, Ninja, family show. Uh, tough night for Deuce Vaughn, too, although not exactly a ton of opportunities. Um, and it's funny because right after that, Raul says we should be wanting to see Deuce Vaughn. Uh, D-Day 2 says Cowboys were getting three yards per carry. No running back is getting more carries in that scenario. Again, I mean, it was a broken sort of overall thing. And that's why, like, I don't know that I feel like Pollard um, was the the primary problem. But just we, we haven't seen him really. We just needed more, right? I mean, and especially how many times did we say, you know, over the offseason that the Cowboys were down one of their only two offensive playmakers who were explosive when Pollard got injured in San Francisco. I mean, the Cowboys, to a degree, are reliant on him, and he just he wasn't epic on Sunday night, and he had to be. That's tough. Uh, Jay says, yeah, but the offense should have stepped up. Sometimes you need to have someone rattle the cage, curse, and add something different. Oh, I guess, I guess that's a, a fair point um, with regards to curse. But again, in my estimation, not a great night for J. Ron Curse. Uh, but let's move on. Speaking of having needing somebody to step up, I've got a couple of weird stock downs. Um, and so this is kind of a weird night, but whatever. Uh, stock down for me, City Lamb, because look, I'm not going to sit here and take any blame off of Dak Prescott's plate. Um, but the quarterback cannot do it all, right? Again, Dak was really bad. Dak was flawed. We can sit here, we can objectively talk about how Dak Prescott let the Cowboys down on Sunday night. CeeDee Lamb's got to do more. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. 
You got to do more, man. You have to do like again. Like I recognize how silly this sounds. I recognize how how dumb and and ridiculous it is to say, oh, you got to do more. You got to find a way. You got to do this. That's true though. You have to find a way. And the Niners' defense is not who we have, you know, known it to be. The Niners' defense is gettable, and CD just did not take advantage of that. Four catches off of five targets, forty nine yards, twenty nine of them on one single catch, which means three catches went for twenty yards. I mean, you got to do more. You, that's, you, you have to do more. You have to find a way to separate for your guy. I mean, you have to help Dak out. And that, again, I don't mean to say, oh, Dak needs all the help in the world, but you have to find a way. Uh, one point slash JG26 underscore JDog says Brandon Cooks is disappointing. I, I fought back against this over the last couple of weeks because I felt like um, – Brandon Cooks hadn't been called upon, right? Like it hadn't been necessary uh, for the Cowboys to utilize Brandon Cooks' dynamic playmaking speed, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, not the best trade yet. Um, And that's tough. Not that a lot was given up. um, But Brandon Cooks, I I would say, look, CD is still the best receiver on the Cowboys, but Michael Gallup has certainly popped to this point more than Brandon Cooks. I think C.D. Lamb has been the best receiver on the Cowboys, obviously, through five games. Um, C.D. was disappointing. And again, it's weird to say he was disappointing because – but that's that's what this is. This game, when you tell us – C.D. himself, it was C.D. who said before the Cardinals game that they were going to obviously measure uh, themselves up against the 49ers. Well, dude, you have to do more then, right? If you're going to say this is going to be a big game, then we need to see a big game performance. We have to see that. Have to, have to, have to see that. Uh, so um, – CD Lamb's on stock down for me. A couple of more stock downs, and we could just kind of have a general back and forth conversation here. Terrence Steele um, hasn't been the best season for Terrence, and obviously he's come back from injury. Um, you know, so it's unfair and it's it's hard to say stock down when you're going up against Nick Bosa. But again, I keep kind of coming back to these same points. When you're gonna have a game like this, you have to everyone has to step up. We have to get those A classic games and Terrence Steele, man. We needed a little bit more, and I really – I would kind of like to put the entire offensive line here, and, and Terrence still kind of represents this because, all right, guys, cool. We got all gassed up because you told us we were going to have the starting offensive line all together for the first time ever, and it really did not uh, <laughs> come out to anything. Um, so, um, sorry, Terrence. Um, you're the victim as far as representing the offensive line. I have one final stock down. And I've never been more afraid to offer a stock down in front of all of you because I don't want to disappoint you all. You all mean a lot to me. So take a sip of my tea. And uh, my final stock down, bit controversial potentially, but we're here. We're here to talk. All right. We're here to just get stuff off our chest. That's the whole point of all this. That's why we, that's why we lift all these weights. All right. Stock down Micah Parsons. Now, if you don't watch all of our stuff here at Blocking the Boys, the hell. The hell, man. That's not cool. But anyway, um, just kidding. On Tuesday on our roundtable, um, we talked about players. We talked about people that weren't Dak Prescott or not or, or Mike McCarthy. So those two as obvious exceptions who were under the most pressure for this game, right? Because this was a big game. The Cowboys had been, you know, talking this game up. As mentioned, we've said this several times. And my answer was Micah Parsons. And the reason for this is because Micah has changed the expectation for himself. We hold Micah to a different standard than we hold anybody else because he's proven himself to be worthy of that. He has proven himself to be worthy of a different, exceptional standard, okay? And what's more is on top of that truth is Micah himself has talked about how he wants these big moments, how he relishes these big opportunities, how he wants to play in these big games so he can make big impacts. And obviously we'll learn more about this game in, you know, time that isn't the first 45 minutes to an hour after it. But I mean, you have to, you have to do more. And I mean, like, I I know the, how silly that sounds, but you have to do more. If you are going to be that different, you, Micah is the best player on the Dallas Cowboys. He might be the best player in the NFL and the, you know, the Niners offense had no real issues. I mean, and so 
it's a tough, tough, tough scene. A few of you um, agree, by the way. Uh, by the way, Alan Carpenter says Greenlaw is a beast. Rob Stats Guerrera um, uh, told us um, in our discussion with him that he was the kind of player to watch. So tough scene. By the way, Adam said, RJ can't let you get away with this. We all know that that was Danny Phantom's answer. Hey, I had the answer too. Um, but Cryptimus Prime uh, says, stop talking. Cryptimus Prime really disagrees with you. Uh, or disagrees with me, excuse me. Um, again, Micah had a normal good game, but for him, that is a disappointment. The, the standard is so much higher than him or for him. Let's see here. Uh, Jeremy on Facebook says the scheme tonight had Micah inside a lot, got him washed off and, but playing from behind didn't exactly lend to a lot of pass rush opportunities. I agree with that. I agree with L2K that says Micah is just one man. I agree with that too, but the standard is different. Uh, Red says, uh, somebody please tell Micah not every down is a passing down. Micah is not the best. He is one dimensional. Okay. Red now, like, He's a stock down for me, but let's relax. Um, let's see here. Uh, Raul says, saddest showing in two years. There are no real bad games that Micah has ever had as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and so, I mean, to 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 just have a normally good to moderately good game be disappointing really just kind of speaks um, to who he is and what we've seen from him over the course of his career. I've missed a super chat. Let me see here. Let me get this off the screen. Uh, let's see here. Let's put Micah's name back up and get it off. Let's get back to the super chats. Thank you to all of you who super chat. It really does mean a lot to us. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, Words of Wisdom says Dak did a 23 and me. Fred Warren up. Uh, Fred Warner is awesome. I mean, Fred Warner is amazing. Brian, thank you for the super chat. Says, hey, we didn't have problems in the red zone. That's true. Uh, <laughs> at least the Cowboys did not have troubles in the red zone. Uh, Lou says, the guys that are supposed to be our stars continue to disappear when the games and the moments mean the most. No answer to that. Um, let's see here. Um, a lot of you are upset about Mozzie Smith. Uh, I agree with, Vl I think it's Vlams, uh, Vlams, Vlams journey says our offense is more to blame than defense. Defense made some good stops early just to get back on the field. I agree. Um, I wasn't saying Micah stock down because you know, he's the most to blame. He was just last. And I had him last because I actually hold him the least accountable as far as stock downs. This was a failure of an offensive operation for the Cowboys on Sunday in San Francisco. And yeah, it's funny to laugh, right? Like at least the red zone wasn't an issue. The entire offense was an issue, right? I don't know how many times NBC talked about the West Coast, Texas Coast thing, blah, blah, blah. I don't care what you want to call it. This offense is gross right now. This, this offense isn't getting it done. And it's not just not getting it done in the red zone. And again, it wasn't that it didn't get it done against the big, bad 49ers. This 49ers defense, I do not at all want to disrespect the 49ers based on the fact that they own my favorite football team. But they are not who they have been over the course of the last two years. The Cowboys just played scared. The Cowboys played down. The Cowboys played afraid of the Niners and elevated who they were around them. Um, Shane, I do agree with this point. Says defense lost due to attrition can only hold a high-powered offense down so long. I agree with that. I mean, they did their part. Um, they, they they bent a few different times, you know, kind of survived, got really lucky, you know, with the Christian McCaffrey fumble. Um, but they, they definitely gave the offense opportunities to succeed. I mean, the offense, I tweeted this out as the game was kind of going on. Cowboys offense to start the game here uh, went, uh, where is it here? Cowboys offense, obviously they, the Cowboys deferred. First offensive possession of the Cowboys, three and out. Second offensive possession of the game for the Cowboys, three and out. Third offensive possession of the game for the Cowboys, not a three and out, but only because Tony Pollard fumbled on the first play. Fourth offensive possession of the game for the Cowboys, three and out. So we're talking three of the first four offensive possessions of the game for the Dallas Cowboys and their Texas Coast, Texas, Texas Toast, whatever the hell you want to call it offense. You cannot go three and out three times in four possessions with the other one being a one-play drive that ended in a fumble that put the ball on your side of the field for your defense to have to defend. It's impossible. So, yes, I stand by, you know, having Micah be a stock down, having J. Ron Curse be a stock down because it's an overall game that's played over the course of four entire quarters. But what a gross showing on offense from the Cowboys. But they did rebound. Kudos, Cowboys, all right? They came back after that third three and out. They went 11 plays down the field. The Cavante Turpin touchdown happened. Awesome. Boom. Business. We're in, baby. Let's party. Next offensive possession. What happened? Three and out. Holy crap. You can't have four three and outs in the first half against maybe the best team in the NFL. That simply 
cannot happen. And then Mike McCarthy doesn't go for it at the end or near the end of the first half. He punts the ball back to San Francisco. He miraculously gets the ball back. And the Cowboys have a possession that is only two plays long because Dak Prescott takes a horrible sack on second down. And then they just decide to run the clock out. That is effectively a three and out. So if we're kind of calling that a three and out, we're talking five, one whole hands worth of three and outs in the first half alone against a, maybe the best team in the NFL. They deserve to lose. I mean, duh, they lost 42 to 10, but like that is not going to be enough ever. Not against the Niners, not against the Patriots, not against the Eagles, not against the Commanders, not against the Seahawks, not against the Lions. You are going to get worked by teams if you are going three and out five times in the first half of a football game. It cannot be the case i'm mad that it happened and that it's true and that we have to keep talking about it but don't worry cowboys got the ball back in the second half what they do on their first possession went down the field kicked a field goal awesome next possession game was getting away from them because they hit a lot of touchdowns 28 to 10 yolo ball goes up interception oh no what happens niner score crap now it's 35 to 10 so what's going to happen tip ball when it rains it pours that's the second interception what do the Niners do they score a touchdown what happens after that Dak throws a horrendous pass that's picked off back to back to back possessions for the Dallas Cowboys picked off by the 49ers and not only were all of them picked off but two of them led to touchdowns for the San Francisco 49ers just a really 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 embarrassing night uh for the Cowboys um Ninja says, uh, whatever your name is, frozen rolls doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> Andrew says, RJ, when is it realistic to expect the Cowboys to make moves to salvage this season? So I have a question for the class. My tea's getting cold. Um, my question is I would like each of you who are here with us live, I love all of you dearly. I would like each of you or whichever ones of you are willing to comment as I've calmed down a bit. What is one thing you would like to see the Cowboys do differently? And I don't want to see uh, trade Dak, get rid of McCarthy. I'm talking within the realm of practicality. What is something you would like to see done differently? Again, within the realm of practicality. If somebody says trade Dak, I'm going to get pissed off again. All right. Within the realm of practicality, I think got to use Rico Dowdle more. That's one option. I'm not trying to surprise this forfeit every game. Uh, Keith, I like this answer, says throw on first down more. Andrew says more deep shots. Extend the field so we open up the line of scrimmage. This might be my favorite answer because we have talked so much for a month about how the Cowboys are taking all the low-hanging fruit. Okay, that's great, but you're leaving a lot of stuff down the field. Sometimes you got to be you got to be brave. You got to be bold. All right, brave is a great song by Sarah Bareilles, by the way. Um, you got to be willing to look down the field. Uh, Billy, uh, I don't agree with this, but I like the idea. Uh, says run more, no huddle offense. Janie says trade for a cornerback and another wide receiver. I think they're good at this point. I might be willing to see more Jalen Tolbert. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to kind of think a little bit here. I might be willing to see a little bit more Jalen Tolbert than Brandon cooks at this point. And I'm not trying to be silly or be dramatic. That's another thing that I'm, if we're just talking out loud, right. If we're just, just throwing stuff out loud because we're in a circle of trust around here. That's something that I would consider. Zach says more play action slash deeper shots. I like that. I agree with that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one point J one point slash JG 26 underscore. Uh, J dog says Tolbert over cook. Sounds good. Um, let's see here. Uh, Christmas prime says I can't watch TV all week. Now uh, you can watch sitcoms. You can watch television shows. I watched, uh, I tweeted this about, uh, about this as well. I watched uh, episode one of season two of Loki and I kind of forgot everything that happened in season one. So I was very overwhelmed. Um, let's see. Julian says creativity. Oh, I love this comment from Mike Mosey says feed the tight ends, simplicity of the offense and Dak needs to run more. Agree with all that. Uh, let's see. Where was it? Uh, cone cones, high water pants says, uh, someone tell Dak he has legs. Those would help. I would love to see Dak Prescott utilize or using his legs more obviously in the ground game. Um, I agree with Shane says, I'm worried about the injuries that seem to be piling up. Brock Purdy, by the way, uh, at the podium now says, um, it feels like everyone's just on a mission and the mindset is right where it needs to be. Um, good for you, Brock. Dak Prescott, I just saw this quote. Um, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News tweeted it out. Dak Prescott saying, this was maybe the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. You think? I mean, <laughs> uh, 
what gave you that indication? What, um, what could have possibly led you to believe this, Dak? I love you, Dak, but I mean, seriously, uh, what, like, duh, uh, <laughs> we, we know, Dak, we know. Um, Micah, reading a tweet here from the Athletics, Tom Mishota says, I've never seen a champion not be battle tested. We're just getting tested early. There's no such thing as losing. We learn tonight. We just learned a lesson. Sometimes you got to look at those losses. These losses is a blessing and just say thank you. I really appreciate Micah's perspective. Uh, Micah does a podcast with Bleacher Report, my friends at BR, um, and he's used it for a lot of good things so far this season. He's defended Dan uh, Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. I really do uh, respect Micah's um, kind of ability to compartmentalize these things, and I, I get his point here. This was a loss. Like <laughs> uh, this, this was a loss. Um, you know, to be very clear here, I understand it is also a learning opportunity, uh, but this this definitely was a loss uh, for the Cowboys. Um, and I respect the willingness to kind of say it's a, it's a test for us who are champion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but um, just tough, 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 tough. Oh, Rick says, I missed a super chat. Thank you, Rick. Uh, let's see here. Anthony. Thank you, Anthony, for the super chats. I like, by the way, y'all looking out for one another on the super chats. That makes my heart very full. Uh, says maybe the front office finally gets the biggest, baddest free agents and break the bank. Can't play for tomorrow. Only today matters. I um, would offer that the front office did a great job this past offseason. Like, let's not forget that we really supported what they did in trading for Stephon Gilmore and trading for Brandon Cooks, uh, bringing back Leighton Vanderish, bringing back Donovan Wilson. They retained Jonathan Hankins. I mean, the, I'm I'm not mad at the front office right now. Like, this isn't a front office problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, we, we have, there are a lot of places to point our fingers. I don't think the front office is necessarily one of them. Uh, is it Cal? Yeah, Cal Sports. Uh, thank you for the Super Chats. It's been 28 years of this, RJ. I'm just tired. Dak is an okay quarterback, but he needs to be surrounded by talent like Hurts was last year to have any shot. I mean, I I really believe that Dak Prescott is, um, is very, very talented. Um, but it might not be enough against, you know, this team. Right, like it's actually not enough. It's it's no longer a, a situation or a hypothetical of might. It's not enough against this team, and so I think you know it's. This is going to be one of the most depressing things I've ever said on a on a podcast. But like, we just have to hope that the Cowboys don't face the 49ers, right? Like, we would just we just have to hope that you know somebody else beats them along the way, and that the Niners aren't you know, and that's a really frustrating place to be, right? Like, I mean, um, I know. I, I've mentioned the Astros a few times. I've talked to a few Rangers fans because of what I do. Um, and a lot of them are, and I, I know people feel this way about like, we feel this way in sports. This is kind of the way sports goes. People, a lot of Rangers fans, like we want to play the Astros. We want that opportunity. We want that chance. We want to be able to kind of, you know, we all say that, right? Like, Oh, I want to beat the best, whatever this and that we're all afraid of the best, right? Like, like, <laughs> like in this case, in this specific example, we cannot, we know that our team cannot, beat the best so we can't say there's there's no cowboys fan out there that can say with you know full any faith i i want to play the 49ers yeah i i would love to beat the 49ers i do not want the cowboys to play them i'm way too afraid i'm I, there's nothing but fear and paranoia here because the niners have proven that they own them um so that's a tough scene uh brian uh thank you for the super chat says can we end this post game so i can go cry to sleep uh, Ninja says the defense uh, never looks particularly good today. Um, I agree with that. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Andrew says, are we missing um, Kellen Moore at all? This offense feels like a shell of itself. Well, we're going to find out <laughs> in a week, Andrew. Uh, we are going to find out uh, whether we really miss Kellen Moore or not. That would be hilarious if, Kellen Moore's Chargers ran all over Dan Quinn's Cowboys. And look, I'm going to bring this up again because we haven't really talked about it that much. Um, I don't have him as a stock down, but I'm super fine if you want to have Dan Quinn as a stock down for the Cowboys. I have been told a million times by a million Cowboys fans, Dan Quinn's the one who's really running things. Mike McCarthy's just, uh, just the puppet, right? Okay, well, if Dan Quinn's really running things, what like who who's got criticism for Dan Quinn? I mean, like who's again, and I'll give the defense props for hanging in there early on, but let's not act like the defense, you know, was formidable against the 49ers. Everybody freaked out because Dan Quinn wore an all black suit to this game. It was like, oh, man, here he comes. Well, you know, maybe Dan Quinn isn't the best coach on the Cowboys staff right now. Um, it's just uh, 
have time. Vlams uh, says, I'll be at the Chargers game hoping for something to celebrate. Hope so too, Vlams. If you're going to be there, everybody hit Vlams up so you can all have a good time. Uh, let's see here. Um, Al says, we keep losing the Jason Garrett would no longer <laughs> pick us in pregame. Jason Garrett did pick the Cowboys to win this game. Uh, D-Day 2 says, first four San Francisco possessions, they only had seven points. The defense wasn't bad through, um, through the, the second quarter, but Cowboys offense was useless. I agree with you. I mean, like, again, the majority of blame belongs on the shoulders of the Cowboys offense, but let's not act like the defense was amazing. And even then, uh, part of this run that you're talking about here includes the miracle of the Christian McCaffrey fumble that Jordan Lewis was able to wrap up. So uh, that was, I mean, like the thinnest of margins that the Cowboys were able to survive on. Um, I agree with Steve A uh, to a degree, um, saying not a talent issue, just gross coaching. Um, where I disagree is it, this: you don't lose forty-two to ten to a really good team because you're bad, right? Part of it is that they're a really good team, but you don't lose that way because it's just the coaching, right? We cannot continue to tell our, ourselves like, oh man, it's it's just that it's the, the players there, it's everything, right? It, it can't just be one thing. We can't pick and choose who we want to criticize and where we want to assign blame and where we want to assign fault. It is a lot of different things. There are a lot of problems right now um, and they were exposed and that's a frustrating thing. And it's a difficult thing to kind of reckon with. And I think that we're all going to really struggle with that for the course of the next week, especially because the Cowboys are, are seeing more and more, you know, distance be put from or between them and the Eagles. It's a tough time. Uh, Christopher, thank you for the super chat. Says RJ can't help but see how much we miss Cal Moore. I would disagree with that, but says what happens if we keep this up? Do you think McCarthy has what it takes to call this offense? I mean, yeah, like I I do, but um, the evidence is kind of working against him right now. It's um it's a really um really embarrassing kind of overall um, situation. Uh, our staffer, Tony, has joined in on the Facebook side of the chat, says, I said it on the roundtable, the 49ers are a good team, better than the Cowboys, and tonight was a further point. Less blame, more credit for the opponent, in my opinion. So I haven't looked at our sign-up sheet, but I imagine Tony will be here on the roundtable on Tuesday. And Tony, I love you, and I hope you had a great weekend at the wedding on Saturday. Um, I think this is all about, or not all, but I, I would offer it's a lot about blame. I don't think you can just throw your hands up and say the Niners are this good. I mean, that's, you know, the Cowboys keep doing that. I mean, at, at a certain point, it has to be on them to a, a high degree. Um, I think that the Cowboys deserve an enormous amount of blame for this. I think they deserve an enormous amount of criticism. They are the ones, the the Cowboys are the ones, and I don't, I don't mean to like, you know, give us a, a, a villain or a kind of cause to rally around. And a, I'm not trying to, you know, have everybody to kind of go grab their pitchforks and things like that. But I re-offer that the Cowboys themselves hyped this game up. They told us this is not a normal game. This is not a regular season game. This is bigger than that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they fold it. That isn't just about the Niners being better than them. And again, to the comment earlier, the Niners are not, you know, 32 points better than them that the Cowboys have a problem like it's and I hate to say things like this because I don't even really believe in things like this but the Cowboys are giving us more reason to believe at least justifiable reason to believe that they have a problem living up to the moment like this right they have a difficult time rising to the occasion whether it's against the Niners specifically or in high pressure, high leverage moments like this, some teams are really good at that. The Niners are one of them, and some teams are not. The Cowboys, the Cowboys continue to perpetuate the meme. I mean, like whoever you are, wherever you are, however you are, whether you're watching or listening live or after the fact, you have friends or family or coworkers or whoever that blow your phone up with all these sorts of memes and jokes and silly, stupid things that piss you off about the Cowboys because they keep losing. And the Cowboys are just breathing life and life and life and life into that they had their destiny completely in their hands within their control on sunday night and they blew it i mean they blew it um which is is on them uh by the way uh xeq sunner uh shunner maybe says the niners are 32 points better than dallas in just three quarters um by the way, Anthony says 0-3, or Tony says uh, 0-3 versus this specific opponent feels like a superior team has established three different ways to lose, proves any way they cut it, they're inferior. That's true. I mean, I'm not disputing that the Niners are a superior team to the Cowboys, but over three years, the Cowboys have, we're talking, have had two draft classes, two free agent cycles, a change in offensive coordinator, a change in all sorts of things, and they have not narrowed the gap at all. That is on them uh, to a massive degree. 
Uh, let's see here. Brian says the worst part of this beatdown was uh, it looked like they quit. You could feel the 27 years of failure and frustration. I agree um, with that. I mean, it's the Cowboys are fighting a heavy shadow, right? Like we we know that, um, and and that you know onus weighs on Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, and that's tough and that's difficult and that's just the gig, right? Like that's that's what it is. Um, you know, to a strong degree, to a long degree, um, but they quit. And it's funny. I mean, I, I, I said this, you know, before it's kind of cool, um, not in a cool way, but it's kind of cool that the Niners are the big bad team. They can't get over. Cause it's kind of, you know, it, it harkens back to, you know, history. Um, but that, that only incites what you're talking about, Brian, is that, you know, it's like, man, you know, we can't get through the Niners. We're just like the nineties Cowboys or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they, they really did quit in this game. And that's like to the point. Yeah. They lost two years ago to the Niners. They lost a year ago on Sunday night. They got destroyed by the Niners and then quit against the Niners, which is tough. Anthony, thank you for the super chat. Um, says thanks, RJ, for the great level headed post game. Going to listen to Broadus up next and cry myself to sleep. It's going to be a long week. Um, it's going to be a very, very, very long week for the Cowboys and we got to wait a little bit longer, obviously, because they play on Monday night football next week. Um, Cryptimus prime, uh, who was upset about at me for my mic take. love you. Cryptimus says, this is my first post game with you. Thanks for what you do, but I feel sicker now with some vomiting emojis. Thank you very much. Cryptimus. Glad I can make you vomit. Uh, um, I think like my closing thought, and this is just kind of the magic of sports, right? Um, and you know, the Cowboys have been this way for, you know, as mentioned, 28 years. And so there's, you know, people who have seen the Cowboys climb the highest of highs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, the the magic of sports is that it can prove you right. And and when you're proven right because you believed in a team, it's one of the most powerful things that there is, right? Like, I don't know, you know, all of you who you support in, in other sports. I've mentioned I'm a Houston Astros fan. And, then, you know, the two World Series the Astros have won have been electrifying moments for me as a person. Um, last year, um, my wife and I, we have a son. He's young. He's going to be two years old uh, in a month. I can't believe it. It's just everybody said being a dad is the greatest thing in the world. Everybody was right, man. It is just the coolest thing to see this little dude become a person. Um, but last year when the Astros won the World Series, um, I went to his room and I took a picture, right? I took a picture, hold my Astros jersey with my son because, you know, someday I want to be able to show him that. I want to be able to say, son, you know, this, you know, this night, whatever you were asleep, the Astros won the World Series. Um, it was this really cool moment, you know, for our family, whatever the case may be. That's that's what sports do for us, right? Like sports can kind of they could tug at our emotions, that they can it can have emotional components to them. And when your team wins, it it just is this serotonin boost unlike anything else. And in a game like this, in a moment like this, on some level, all of you, whoever you are, look, I picked against the Cowboys for the first time in a long time today, um, this week's, and so I was right, whatever. Um, but on some level, we all compartmentalized the situation today and said, you know what? I think they can win, right? Like, this is the path. They can win. And if they win, I'll feel like this. And if that had happened, we would have been on cloud nine. We would have been levitating had the Cowboys found a way to win this game. And when you when you put your hope in all that, when when you kind of allow yourself to be, you know, gambling your emotions that way, um, it's really difficult when they obviously lose, but when it blows up in your face, you feel like when everything you believed in was completely and totally wrong, like you were wrong. And so that's a hard truth to reckon with, right? Like that's what that's what this week is. This week is questioning a lot of things um, that we thought, <coughs> excuse me, were true or were fair or were just or were objective about the Cowboys. And some of them still will be. But this week or this game uh, proved that a lot of the things that we believed in about this team and their potential may not be true. And so we just have to kind of deal with that and figure things out as things move along. As I've been pouring my heart out to all of you, by the way, here on the show, I'm seeing Caleb Williams chat. Um, so I have no idea how this happened. We're clearly off the rails. It's time to go to bed. I hope you all, as best as you can, have a great start to your week. I hope you have delicious food to eat on Monday. I hope if you watch season two's premiere of Loki that you understand it. Um, and I hope that um, that a week from Monday we find ourselves in a position where we're ready to love again and we're ready to be hurt again because that is the true 
magic of sports. Uh, my name is RJ Ochoa, and this is the post game here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube, Twitch channels, and our Facebook page. Please subscribe to us on YouTube or Twitch and like our Facebook page. You can also listen to us on the Blog on the Boys podcast network, where you hear all sorts of shows all throughout the week. The next one you'll hear is actually from Tony Catalinas. You can hear his thoughts with Aiden Davis. Uh, we are available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Check out blogoftheboys.com for all sorts of Dallas Cowboys discussion and analysis from our talented staff. If you like what I do, you want to hear my thoughts and opinions and musings on sports, culture, who knows what else. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or threads if that is still a thing at RG Ochoa or on TikTok at RG.Ochoa. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so. RG.Ochoa at SBNation.com or you can leave a comment down below and I will do my very best to get to them. For now... I bid you all adieu. Um, I love y'all. Just want to end on that note, and uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you next time.